What's up, everybody, and welcome to the club. Today is October 29th, right around the corner of Halloween, and we have a special guest today. Tyler from Bitfins is coming onto the podcast, and we're going to talk all about his project and everything that he has going on. I'm super excited. Um, if you guys can't stay for the entire episode, we're going to be uploading it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, etc. And if you are listening on those platforms, make sure you guys follow our Twitter at the club real if you want to be a part of the live audience so that you can ask questions to the guest and be a part of everything that's going on um but man other than that i'm super excited to have you on tyler how you been yeah thanks for having me uh, i've been good like uh you know i've been talking to everybody throughout the week we've been doing some updates got some stuff planned through the end of the year so it's all been nice it's running along that kind of thing Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, tell us a little bit about like your uh, your path to like Cardano, your crypto journey itself, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So, uh, beginning of twenty twenty one, I was doing stock YouTube. Uh, I'd say for like basically the first half of the year, I was like covering stocks and first got into investing and stuff like that. Um, and I self grew a YouTube to like four thousand subscribers doing that and. Ended up actually like leaving one of my jobs at the time. I was working at T. Rowe Price, which was a financial firm, um, to pursue that full time. And then uh, took about like a month or two off. I was pretty confident. And, like some of the players I was doing, I turned like four hundred dollars and almost two grand just like playing like pharma stocks and stuff in like three months. Um, so I was doing like the YouTube stuff, teaching people how to DCA, like dollar cost average, and looker stuff that could be sleepers based on like data readouts and just weird stuff um and i would briefly have stuff that comes up from cardano um you know i saw like uh you know if you watch like ufc fights and all that uh like ben Askren, he had talked about cardano and stuff in the past so i'd seen like some prominent people mention before so i was following some people briefly on twitter even when i wasn't super in crypto even though i was aware of stuff going on um and for reference, I'm, I'm only 25. So I, I mean, like, I, it's not like I had the opportunity really to get in crypto super early. So um, just because I wasn't working, like when Bitcoin came out, all that up for obvious reasons. But um, so I went through all that, was working at Fidelity for a while, actually got a financial license. I was doing, I got my SIE, was working on my Series 7. Um, and then that was around July, August last year. And then I started getting more NFTs here. Um, and then some like personal events came up with like fidelity. So I ended up leaving there, went full time and stuff. I had like a few thousand dollars saved up, um, started adminning for the Bitlands discord and helped him out because he's basically running the project by himself there. Um, and so I was like, yo, if you want help, I can help you set up the discord and stuff. I've got experience doing that. Slowly faded out of the stock YouTube, which I want to rotate back to and help people with like crypto and investing and stuff in general, but I haven't liked how the markets have been. So I don't, I feel disingenuous, like even like mentioning stuff. So people aren't buying it and screwing themselves up. That's why I took a break from that. Um, but after the Bitland stuff, I started having ideas for this project, uh, you know, uh, Bitfins and, um, yeah, I was hitting people up like late August, just being like, yo, do you think there's a market for this? Do you think people would like, like digital aquariums, that kind of deal? Um, if people were like, yeah, go for it. And actually Faha Dukin was one of them. Uh, I got connected to a guy named Supin Sando who was in the Faha 100. And, uh, he was like, yeah, just hit up Faha. He's, he's pretty chill. Even if you don't know him, he'll give you some guidance. So I sent my white paper over there. He's like, yeah, I think you've got a good idea. Just go for it. And, uh, 
you know, you could probably get some funding if you just drop your collection and get stuff going. So then we started planning it. I did all of the original. We have 2D versions of the original characters um, because I didn't have a 3D artist at the time. I did everything starting on the team. I had nobody else with me for a good like month and a half. Um, and I did all the characters with shapes and Photoshop. Like I can't even draw. So it was just like shape layering Photoshop. I had done graphic design for like 12 years. Um, so all of those original like fish in 2D were just like shape layering and like strokes and line texturing and stuff. Um, that I found uh, our guy that did our original boxes off of Fiverr actually and hired him. I was like, hey, uh, would you be willing to help me out with making some custom like 3D items? Um, he sent me Microsoft Word documents on how to edit them. I learned Blender from scratch like three weeks before our drop, uh, which was in mid-October. Um, so this is like last couple weeks of September. Um, reshaded and textured all of those boxes. And then uh, all of the Series 1 boxes were basically, he made the items and then I retextured and put all the new fonts in and everything, made them all pretty. And then, uh, yeah. And then like after we got our uh, our first drop out, I, I had met our game dev on Twitter randomly. He had like less than 100 followers. Um, had made a Cardano NFT museum. And I was like, this is kind of what we want to do with our stuff. A lot of people use our other NFTs. Do you want to come on board? And he was down, so we got him on, um, and then yeah, that's kind of like how I got into crypto and like the beginning of the project and stuff. Man, that's super crazy. I remember, um, I remember when I first got into the space, hearing about your project because one of my first, one of my first, uh, I guess, he really got involved in was the Twenty Five Hundred Club with Buffy, and I remember. Um, when they were doing the airdrops or when doing like air holders or whatever. And I remember hearing the name of uh, Bitfans, 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 and I didn't really know what it was. So you guys have been here, you guys have been here for such a long time. And you said that you made YouTube videos. Like that, that that's, I, I've been making YouTube videos since I was like a sophomore in high school. Like what, what kind of videos did you make? Was it just like on like crypto as in general, or did you ever make like NFT videos too? No, I never really did NFTs. I just did a, it was, a, it was mostly just stock videos and I did a couple of videos breaking down like Cardano and then like when shit was going crazy, you know, I tapped into Google trends and I was like, yo, here's the breakdown of what shit is just so people have general info. Um, I, I would really try to target like stuff I thought would pop off. Like, uh, there's a big stock called clear. There's stuff at the airport that lets you do the expedited security. I actually, uh, I got good practice with SEO on that. I got top ranked on Google search. So even my video was top of Google <laughs> when you search for their stock for a while for a good month. Um, so I got a lot of views off that because I was covering their IPO and like what their valuation could be and everything. Um, so I, I just got really into, uh, you know, SEO and marketing and stuff like that. And I was really into just like making content because a lot of, a lot of finance content out there sucks. Um, you know, I'll have like the clickbait, like valuations that companies could be in my titles and stuff. But I always gave like the upside and downside. It's like, hey, if it goes up, it could have this potential here. But if it goes down here, you're probably going to be screwed. And I would give people like that kind of like both sides of it. So they know what they're playing for a channel. Um, and people liked my charts. Uh, like my charts usually came out pretty accurate. So um, it was just easy content for me. Like I could go in there. Even if I've never heard of a company, I could go on Google Trends is like, yo, why is a stock trending? <laughs> Uh, always get intraday runners for people um, and just do stuff like that. And yeah. And then plus like, you know, if you're working full time, if you do stock YouTube, the CPM is really good. I think I was making like 15, 20 bucks per thousand views. So 
you're making like even 50, 60,000 views in a month or something, that's like one to $2,000 depending, which is pretty crazy. Really good. Yeah. T- fucking $15 CPM. A lot of people would kill for that. Yeah. She, <laughs> especially the gaming YouTubers, I get like $2. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Fuzzy. Yeah, so like when you first started out, like you got the support from Faha, Soup was helping you out. Like, what like struggles did you go through, and what obstacles did you come across, like starting your project? Uh, I think the main thing was just finding people that I could put on the team. Like, like I said, we, I, I didn't really have anybody on the team outside of the guy I commissioned going through our first drop. Um, we were originally gonna mint through one guy, and then I literally didn't hear from him the entire week before we were supposed to do the drop and I'm like, dude. Um, and then he hits me up like the day before. And at this point I had already found like new mentors and I was like, dude, why? Like, I'm not going to give you, you're not minting for me now. Like there's no way I'm going to give you my stuff a day before and hope you have it sorted out. That's just stupid. And the dude was like over leveraged. He was like an individual dev in the space. So I found like the retro NFT guys and they've done our minting ever since. And they're always upgrading their stuff. They have their own queue system and everything. Um, so they were really helpful. They were actually some of the first people I had sent the initial concepts for in August. Um, but I met them cause they had their own project and they had like their collaboration with sushi bites. That was really cool. I liked their, they were like these, they had, like the sushi, uh, playing like game cubes and stuff on trading cards, which is pretty dope. So I talked to them a bit. Um, but the biggest thing was, uh, around the same time, there was like another aquarium project that came up and they were an obvious scam. Um, and so like our main concern, I was talking to Soup about it. I was like, yeah, I don't know if, uh, people are going to try to gravitate towards it. They were like some shitty, like pixel project, um, where they said they were an animated aquarium, but the only animation on the GIF was three pixels of bubbles moving on each one. And they were just different environments with different fish and their discord was botted and they bought a cameo from Johnny Sins saying they were going to 500 X. Uh, needless to say, when it came to mint for them, they minted a day before us. They sold 300 NFTs, uh, even though they had 5,000 in their Discord. In our pre-sale, which we dropped the week before them, we sold out uh, over 1,000 NFTs in less than 48 hours. Um, so they basically, we had announced our launches the 28th of October. They decided literally within a day or two after ours to come out and say, oh, we're going to mint on the 27th. So I was like, all right, motherfuckers, I, I know what I'm doing. So I did our pre-sale a week before, uh, I think it was around the 14th or 15th. And then we sold ours before. And that, at that point, like we had the end, um, so you gave me I, the idea. We airdropped one NFT to each of the Faha 100 members. So if you had a Faha 100 pass, each of them got one for free too. Um, so that made it like super simple to get in and, you know, let people kind of check out what we were doing and people really like the initial boxes and stuff. And then ever since then, we've just been improving the art and seeing what we could do to expand the barriers of like what our assets actually are and everything. Oh, so this is your one year anniversary, basically, because yesterday was the 28th. Yeah, we tweeted out yesterday. It was our one year as well. Yeah, we uh, uh, we, post- we posted a nice little uh, tweet. It showed like our initial concepts. I'll pin it up top for people. Um it was, uh, you can see our original is like a really basic, bad isometric aquarium just for a proof of model. And you see like an environment where we literally just did an environment. And then you can see the first environment without without the fish, like actually having animations baked in the models. And it was just like the proof of concept of building with free assets. And then I showed like what our update we did this week was. And you can see like it's a massive improvement from each segment. Like um, even that first one to the second one, that was probably two weeks. 
And from that second picture or second video to the third video, that was probably about a month. Um, and then, yeah, uh, other than that, our biggest struggle is literally just like we're hindered by money. If we got more money, um, like I've estimated, if we got like 500K, we would like to do a seed round if since, uh, you know, it's just not sustainable. We can't rely on NFT sales anymore for where we want to scale. We're trying to pull in the aquarium industry, too. And then also add other blockchains. Um, if we can get 500K, we'd have a good couple years of runway and marketing money to go to conventions. Um, and then we could also go on and do more uh, blockchains. We want to add Polygon NFTs to be usable in our aquariums by end of November, for example. And we've already got Ethereum integrated with our stuff on top of Cardano. So um, once we get that in, we'll be one of the only uh brands and game engines in the entire nft industry that supports nfts for multiple blockchains that's also not a metaverse man that's pretty crazy so like when are you anticipating um or, or do you plan on actually having collections launched on both chains or uh yeah we're actually planning an ethereum drop if timelines line up well we're trying to have it on there at by end of year um, so our PFP right now and some of our newer fish we've been teasing, that's actually going to be part of the Ethereum drop. So you'd get like this cool, like fully 3D environment plus 3D fish PFP. And then you would unlock the respective fish and its coloration in the aquarium to swim around. And then what we're going to set up is if you're on Cardano and you're one of our holders, we're also going to have whitelist tokens that will go out. So you'll be eligible if you've already collected on Cardano to get a whitelist token to get in early. And then... uh we're also going to be doing it where if you mint one of the Ethereum fish, you'll be eligible for decorations that we made as special assets. We've got a VHL Victor. He did like the Basho coin for Josh and all that stuff, uh, like that video render. Um, he's been doing all the 3D environments. So he custom makes a lot of the assets um, in all the environments. There's like 200, 300 different objects that are in there. Um, each of those are going to be some form of a decoration. So we'll be re making those as like low poly models that if you get the Ethereum fish, you will now have a free redemption to get one of those items. You'll just have to pay gas. So you'll get a free decoration for every fish that you mint on ETH as well. Um, and that was a kind of way just to expand our presence on there. Uh, Polygon long-term, yeah, likely we would have like a small collection there. Pretty much any blockchain that we integrate with, we'd like to have some sort of connection if it makes sense. But when did you guys originally start with that mentality of getting on these other chains or is that an idea that kind of just developed over time um kind of both uh basically my whole thinking with the project is like i want people to use all of their nfts in as many ways as they can um so in our thing it's super easy like virtually every cardano nft as long as it's not weird metadata you can use right now uh ethereum they're kind of all over the place so we're still expanding out if there's like a collection that we see that doesn't work and people request it we'll custom code in so that ipfs works um but the the whole idea from the start was to use all of your nfts so it just made sense long term to go to every blockchain now and be like hey let's use all your nfts from like four or five different blockchains so that you don't have to worry about getting a bunch of assets on one chain and wondering where it's going to work at Yeah, that's pretty cool to see for real. That's definitely that's you don't see a lot of different projects doing that as of now, or not yet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are chain maxis. Um, even just buyers, they don't like to go on other chains. But if you give them a reason to, and they really connect with your brand and what you're doing, 
then they have more of a reason to. Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people on Ethereum. We had our ENS, so I'd pop in ETH spaces with Biffins.eth, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's interesting. Like, I haven't heard of you guys. Like, what are you doing?" I was, it's, and we'd be like, "Hey, yeah, we're we start out in Cardano. We're expanding to ETH. This is what we're doing with Aquarium." So they're like, "Oh, dude, I haven't seen anything like that before," and they really like that they can use their NFTs out past like, you know, if they've got forty of a PFP, but they really like the art. You know, now they can actually use it rather than it's just sitting in their wallet until they want to sell it for, you know, a certain price. So it just adds an extra utility that was never intended for some assets and lets people use stuff how they want to use it. Yeah, so, yeah I was going to say, like, so what, what pros like, do you see building on Cardano, like opposed to like ETH or Polygon? Uh, well, ETH obviously would be transaction fees. Um, for us early on, it was the connection with people. You know, I just gravitated towards some of the people on Cardano. Um, Polygon has like a certain element where we'd like to build more because they're they're similar in that they have lower transaction fees. They've got a lot of big brands coming in like Disney and Starbucks and stuff. And then obviously Reddit, like that's a really big draw. Um, a lot of it's just technology based. Like Polygon is basically an improvement on ETH um and cardano is an improvement on you know like uh bitcoin and some of the other different chains and what they did and then we're kind of like making those models compatible with smart contracts and everything so um really that's kind of like what the mindset is and the reason why we didn't drop a collection a few months ago on eth with uh the fact that we had the wallet stuff in was uh, basically because we wanted to wait till they had proof of stake because we were using the argument that our aquariums are more energy efficient than traditional aquariums. And so now that they're proof of stake, we can still align with that argument with utilizing those NFTs and stuff. So that's a big draw for us as well was just like, how can we still use this argument of sustainability? And so when we're talking with people outside of the space, even if they have critiques about NFTs and stuff, we could be like, okay, well, that's not relevant to us. Like that your argument does not hold up factually. Is there... So when you guys are uh, expanding into different chains, is is there like a future where you guys see where connect at the same time, or do you plan on having like three different, three different of them interacting with each other? Uh, you're breaking up. I can't hear what you're saying. Uh, hear me now. Yeah. All right. So I was just saying, um, since you guys are planning on doing multiple chains, do you think? Like in the future, you would rather, what, what, do you think like it would be three different heads or would you want them to be kind of be like interoperable in the future where you, where people can cross to each chain without like having to do too much? Uh, well, we're not bridging or anything. Everything's already interoperable. You can already put your Cardano NFTs with your ETH NFTs in our stuff. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're headed. It's like we want to be like a game engine hub where you can use all of your assets in the same aquarium if you want to. And then you can already save multiple. So if you really want to be weird and segment by like, oh, this is my Ethereum aquarium, this is my Cardano aquarium, you can do that. It's user preference. But we've we've already baked in where you can use all of your assets together. So for us, it's just user preference at that point. Yeah, I, I didn't know that it was all of them uh, all together. That's super dope. Go ahead, Fafa. Yeah. No, I was going to ask him, so... You said, earlier you said uh, your aquariums are eco-friendly. Like, what makes them eco-friendly? And like, how many types of fishes do you currently have? Uh, how many fish do we have in the project? Or what do you mean in general? In the project, or like, how many types of different fishes do you have? Because I've seen on uh, on your seed paper, you got the hawk, uh, the hawk fin, this house style, and then you got the other ones. Do you, 
do people keep them in the same aquarium? Because because I think the house the one they they tend to eat the other fish or something, right? Uh, hostile at some point they'll fight. They won't eat each other. We have carnivore species that will introduce down the road where it could eat your commons and stuff. Um, I don't know the exact number of species off the top of my head. If you want to go by colors and everything, um, there's easily probably about over a hundred right now, unique different fish and different colors that you could get. Um, and that's before the Ethereum drop, like the Pinatus alone, the ones that we're giving away in the NFTs today and our newest collection that's minting those fish alone. There's are there's over 30 variations. Um, some of them, there's only like five to 10. Some of them, there's like 40. That's just, uh, you know, to give variety so people can collect some. You know, obviously, some people are going to want to have multiple of certain fish. So, we can, like, it doesn't make sense for us as a project to do one-of-ones or make it super, super scarce for everybody. But we'll do occasionally, like, gold. Um, and there are people that do make custom aquariums. Like, I know somebody in our community, he's got almost 400 assets of ours. And he has been collecting all of the gold and diamond stuff. So, we have gold and diamond traits in our decorations and our fish. Um, and he's been making a basically a bougie aquarium where it's like all gold and diamond assets, all gold and diamond fish. And it looks super sick so far. He's still building it. Um, but the special things about those ones is they glow at night. And if you have the neon fish, they glow at night. So we have a night mode in there. And when you have those assets, they have a totally different look in daytime. Like you get a very nice, like vibrant kind of glow going in it. And you can kind of see stuff go through and we have shadow play. So daytime, like, you know, your fish cast shadows and stuff. So there are people collecting for certain aquariums. Some people will do a season one aquarium versus, uh, you know, they'll do more of the realism aquariums. It, like I said, it's, we want to have all the features in there so people can do what they want. Um, I know some people will just want to throw all of them in there. Like I've seen, um, the same guy that's doing the gold aquarium, he's thrown, like he's got over 150 different fish from us. Um, and he has thrown them all in and you can see them all swimming around and it looks sick. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just all giving the options to people so that they can do that. Um, but for the, the tech factor for the energy efficiency, actually number breakdown, we did a study where we took stats from the average households that have aquariums just in the United States. And it's about 11 and a half million households. And then we assumed that they were using 10 gallon aquariums. Um, and then we, basically cross-reference that to where if you had Bitfin's aquariums with the entire Cardano blockchain with a 40-inch TV in your house, um, for that amount of households with each, you'd be saving almost 1,000 gigawatts of energy, which would be the equivalent of 750 million U.S. households annually in energy saved. Um, so you're saving almost 50% more energy when you compare our aquarium system with the entire Cardano blockchain to 11 and a half million households running 10 gallon aquariums. And most people don't run 10 gallon aquariums. They're running like 20, 30, you know, maybe a hundred gallon aquariums. That's insane. <laughs> Dope. Have you, um, have you tried any of your aquariums on like those nano frames that you can put on the wall that are like, that are really nice? Uh, they're not compatible for that right now. Um, the biggest drawback for a frame like that right now is going to be graphics cards and a CPU. Um, so right now we're still optimizing for stuff. We've got it down to where if we don't have a graphics card, it runs about 20 frames, but it's not super ideal. But we're still getting stuff over time. Uh, what we plan to do long term, if we don't find a partner that can actually supply that, is we want to make our own hardware frames in-house. And so what that would be is we would sell you the frame in the size that you want. 
Um, you would buy that from us, we ship it to you, and then it has our software pre-installed, touchscreen and everything, so that you can design your aquarium all from that frame. And it's basically plug and play. Um, so that is on our to-do list of stuff we want to do. It goes back to like, you know, what partnerships we can make, how fast we can raise funding and get sales to where we can get traction to manufacture that kind of thing. Um, but we do have plans for that, even if we don't find a partner to do that. I think you broke up. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're still breaking up pretty bad. All right, Fausto, you take it over, man. Okay. Yeah, so tell us about your uh, – what's the new updates that you guys currently have? The new one up, the new updates. Yeah. So we just did, um, we had a spawning area basically where you log in and you can see like a demo area of like fish swimming around so you can check out what's available and that kind of thing. We revamped that whole thing before we had a stock environment. We just did a new one. That's kind of almost like a sci-fi space. It's like a, it almost looks like a spacecraft base. And inside of it, you'll see holograms now of our current fish and decorations available. Uh, so in the dead middle, you'll see the pinnatus that we have on sale. Uh, so you'll see the main fish species, it, even though it's not not all the colors, obviously. And then you'll see a circle around it of some of the decorations you can get. And then you'll see a table on the right side that's like our season one fish. So you can see a couple of those, like the hawkfin, jawbreaker, pangafin. And on the left side, you can see some of our realistic species, like the novia, which is based on a real sea dragon. It's a type of sea slug. And then you've got like a, a flavescent cichlid and then a blood parrot cichlid. Um, so it's basically just like a nice way to see what's available and what they could look like before you even log in. And then we actually have a holographic aquarium. So if you turn around and look through windows, you see a bunch of hologram fish animated swimming around um, just to make it like even more interactive so you can see stuff. Um, and that's the main area that we updated. We also added in some post-processing. So we upgraded the graphics now that we optimized the settings to run better for everybody. Um, so the colors look a lot more realistic. There's a lot better shadows. The floor is more reflective. Um, you know, the environment in the actual aquarium will look a little wetter on the ground. Um, the rocks will look a little more realistic, that kind of stuff. Um, and then a lot of it was optimizing. So we didn't have a Mac app before. We were running it through web browser if you had a Mac. But now we actually have an installer you can download through itch.io. And if you get itch and installed on your computer and then install our aquariums, you can either get the Windows version or the Mac version. And then when we push updates out, it'll automatically install for you instead of you having to download a new folder and deleting your old one and all that kind of stuff. Um, it works a lot better and it's higher graphics with the apps that way than the WebGL. Um, the main updates that we plan to do next is we have to rework the MetaMask uh, verification on the Windows version. Uh, MetaMask will pretty much be how we do Ethereum and Polygon and uh, potentially like Avalanche and a lot of those blockchains. Um, but it's it's super simple. We just got to like recode it to connect to the web browser. So right now, if you have one of those, you'll just connect to the WebGL app and connect those and then you can download the app and do it. Um, but alongside that update, you know, would be adding Polygon and then we want to reintegrate VR. So even if you're not building in VR, you can pop on your goggles and look around your aquarium that you have designed and see stuff more interactive. And then we want to add in using a game controller. So like an Xbox controller or PlayStation controller to move around and customize instead of just mouse and keyboard. Um, so that those are things we kind of want to have by the end of November or end of year 
uh, worst case, along with some like luxury items, like just improving frame rate for people. Um, maybe just some like luxury features. Like uh, we do want to get our XP system in. Uh, each fish would have an XP based on how much you interact, how long you've held them in your wallet, etc. And that would influence how big your fish is and essentially, quote unquote, how old it is. They wouldn't die, but there would be a max threshold. So some of your, you know, if you've got two common hawk fins, for example, one could be bigger than the other because you got one before the other one. Um, and then that would also play in where if you've got two of the same type, again, the two common hawk fins, they could have like small versions of it, like babies swimming around. Um, those wouldn't be NFTs, but if you transfer to one of those to somebody else, like sell it or trade it, then if they now get that one and then they have another of that common hawk fin in a certain XP level, then they'll now have baby hawk fins swimming around. Um, so you basically get like additional benefits on your uh, original NFT, even though you're not getting an NFT. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I just want to give a quick reminder if anybody in the audience, if you got any feedback, suggestions, comments, questions, you know, just raise your hand. I'm going to get you up here. We also have a giveaway at the pin that's at the top. I'll make sure to get in as well. So do you have any plans to like do any VR stuff or, or any timeline on that? For the yeah, so, yeah. So that's what I just mentioned. Yeah. We're trying to get the VR and hopefully get like a basic version of it by end of November uh, just to look around. We had it working and posted videos of it earlier this year in like January where we already had the concept working. Our game devs actually primarily worked in VR before us. So um, that's not an issue. It's more just balancing uh, quality of life updates and getting stuff in that will help us expand other chains and getting more eyes on the brand and what we're doing. And then also bringing in these new like luxury features because, um, you know, VR is not super popular. So we're going to be basically making it for a subset of people. But we can also basically say like, hey, it works. So if you have a VR headset, you can do it. Um, and then after we get the initial where you can look around at your aquarium, we actually want it where you can build in there. So instead of you just being in VR and you looking around, you're also in VR and you're actively like customizing your stuff. Um, and then long term, it would be like you can pet your fish and then they'll react to you. So basically that XP level again, if you've had it for a long time and you're closer to that threshold, they'll swim up to you if you're in VR only. Um, and then they'll basically recognize you as their owner, just like uh, a lot of real species of fish would if you're an aquarium keeper. And then let's say you just bought your fish. You don't have a lot of rapport built up. You don't have a lot of XP with it. Now that fish would probably swim away from you if you're close to it in VR, that kind of thing. So, Damn, that's pretty fucked up. Bro, that's, you, that's really realistic. You said what? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I want to chime in. I don't know. My internet is rugging me, man. I'm sorry. Um, I want to chime in because that's super awesome. Like that that kind of, um, I guess you would call that logic, I guess, for the fishes to be able to know, like, you know, if they fuck with you or not. I think that's super dope. I Yeah, yeah. it was just kind of like an extra level of uh, the aquarium hobby. Um, because like the whole idea is we basically want to be the primary digital option for traditional aquariums which is why we want to expand in the aquarium industry. Um, so it only makes sense to add as much of that interaction as possible and then expand on it. Like, what can we do that a traditional aquarium can't? Well, we can do ghost and skeleton fish. We can do stuff like where you can actively be with your fish and pet them. Whereas if you do that in the real world, you know, that might be detrimental to your fish or poisonous to you if you've got like some crazy exotic species. So. 
I would like. I mean, I know that I know that there's it's gonna be because you're really competing with the aquarium industry, like the traditional aquarium industry. But could you see any angle on on you know being able to collaborate with some of these uh, aquarium businesses that are like maybe maybe they don't have access to those kinds of fishes that you're talking about. But you know maybe you guys like figure out something where. They're like, you know what, we don't have this fish, but if you do this interactive um, kind of VR aquarium thing, you're still going to be able to get the same experience. Have you thought about that? Yeah, we've already uh, collabed with the YouTuber. He's had over 100K subs in the aquarium industry and did a set with him. That's the one that we did the cichlids with. Um, we talked to vendors. We were at an aquarium convention earlier this year, around like February, March. Um and a lot of the people were joking, like a lot of the vendors, they were actually being like, <laughs> like they'd bring people over to our we were in a booth with like Brett Raymer, the guy from Tanked. He's been on our team helping with like marketing and stuff and getting us like out for um, a lot of that kind of thing. But they, they did like the aquariums for Shaq and like Adrian Peterson and all them back in the day on Animal Planet. There's still like reruns. There's there's still one of the biggest like watch shows on Animal Planet globally. Um, but a lot of people that came by their booth, I just had a simple laptop set up and it was way basic compared to what we have now. Um, and a lot of people that came back and brought people over, like, they were like, dude, this stuff's going to put us out of business. Um, like they were joking. Um, but the other concern is there's a lot of regulation around pet keeping, especially like fish and reptiles. So in the future, it might even be illegal and very difficult to do even your basic fish, even something like beta fish, um, into getting them imported in the U S or out of the U S, um, just because of regulatory concerns, because there's predatory species, like people dump their fish in local ponds and lakes, or they flush them down the toilet and they're alive. And now they're invading like water ecosystems that way too. And then that's why, uh, like you'll, there's like certain ponds and like, I think in South America and Asia, you know, where they have a ton of like sickles and stuff that are not um you know local to that area and it's really dangerous for the habitats because uh, it kills like the resident species so there's a lot of regulate regulatory concerns that come up and so if that happens we'll actually even be more beneficial to the aquarium industry um than detrimental because people will still have that option to do so uh, like for the whole hobby I'm super dope. I was watching that when i was a kid I loved that show and how they would make these crazy big aquariums that be like an entire wall. I remember watching that. That's super dope. I didn't know that they were helping you out. That's awesome, man. Yeah, if you uh, if you check our Instagram, this is at Biffins. You can like scroll towards the beginning. It was like one of our first photos because we opened it for the aquarium convention because most people on, in that scene are on Instagram. You can see a photo of like me and Brett Raymer and then our marketing intern at the time, like just at the booth chilling. Congratulations on that! I didn't, I didn't know that uh, that that happened. That's super cool. Yeah, we're just leveraging that to keep moving, man. Yeah, definitely. And like you know, I one of the things that I did want to uh, touch on, and we've been talking about all of the stuff that you guys have in the works. But you're you're an OG project. You've been here through the the hills and the valleys, and now you crossed over your one year anniversary. Like, what do you feel like? What, what has been like the, that that big motivation to keep going? Because I, I know sometimes it, it's hard to, to stay motivated, especially with like the market conditions and, and the sentiment around. Like I know we're kind of getting into a little bit of a happier mood now with, you know, recent mints or doing really well. Like a couple of weeks ago, everybody was depressed because nothing was selling out and, and everything was just going bad. Like how do you stay motivated during those times? <laughs> 
Um, well, like I said, we're looking at alternatives for funding. Um, we've taken like a very small investment from a private investor on the back end who's got connections to Polygon and XRP and uh, has worked with projects on those that have gotten money from fa- both of those foundations in excess of 100000 on each. Um, so that's kind of our driver for getting more on Polygon and stuff as well. Um, but, uh, we kind of like did that to ride out like sales and stuff. You know, like I said, I, I'm interested in doing a seed round. So if we can get to like a decent enough VC or angel investors where we can do a cumulative 500,000 to a mil raised, then we'll have a good few years to run even without NFT sales going crazy. Um, I just see where we're, where we're at. Um, the scene is super immature. There's not a lot of originality and utility. Everybody thinks utility now is, oh, let's do staking or you're going to get airdrop this coin that you can't do shit with besides sell. And that's not utility. That's just you, you fucking around to get evaluation. Um, like utility for me is like you actively using your assets and you being creative and designing things and doing cool stuff. And so uh, my one of my main drivers is like trying to be one of the people out there that's like, yo, NFTs aren't a joke. There's a lot of joke NFTs, but NFTs themselves as a technology are not a joke. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of my motivation is like, if I stick around and we do our stuff right, then we have like a big, big leverage where we're going to the public and we're like, yo, uh, I get, you have a thing against these types of collectibles, but look at what we're building. Um, and we're very obviously like not a scam. Like you see a lot of these types of brands, quote unquote, are being, um, and yeah, just taking it super serious. And like, for me, you know, even if I have to, like, at some point go back and work a part-time job, because I've been full-time on this for a year, thankfully, for, like, community support and where I've been at for my personal situation, um, like, I'll make it work if I have to work part-time for a while and still do this on the, you know, full-time while I'm doing a part-time job. Like, it doesn't bother me, so. Okay, so a year in, you've seen the highs, you've seen the lows. If you can go back in time, like, what's one thing that you would do differently? Um... I think I would have, uh, we're planning a special metaverse model slash PFP drop for Cardano people Q2 next year. I think we would have probably gotten the models done and accelerated them earlier this year before some of our newer fish, just because, uh, you know, for some reason people don't like to buy NFTs that aren't PFPs. It's whatever. I mean, that's just what the market is. So I think that's like the only thing I would have changed. Um, other than that, like, I don't, I don't have any regrets. I mean, people are going to buy stupid stuff if they want to buy stupid stuff i mean we see people shilling stuff all the time that uh you know even the projects say like yo this is a cash grab and then like those same people in spaces will be like oh there's nothing of value on these chains and it's like no you just don't want to promote anything that is actively doing something different because it doesn't float your bag um so uh, like personally for me, I'm doing what I got to do um, and making us have technology. And I mean, if you look around, even on other chains, there's not many other brands out there with an active utility to the scale that we have, nor that is also cross chain and lets you use virtually any of your NFTs. So, um, you know, for me, that's a big accomplishment. And if we changed our course, we probably wouldn't be in that spot. Man, that's super. I mean, I, we, we, of owners um you know on the podcast and we always love to try to get you know those mistakes to be i guess the general topic when we're asking about the past because a lot of people are looking at you guys and they're seeing you as inspirations and they're seeing you know the things that you've accomplished 
as something to strive for in the future. And, you know, and there's also people that maybe they don't want to start their own project, but they do want to make their way into Web3 in whatever aspects that they can. Like, if you're if you're looking at somebody that's interested in, hey, maybe I want to get into Web3, I want to get into crypto, and, and I see potential in this industry, like, what do you feel like are the main skills that that person should be uh, working on and developing? Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of specialization. Uh, not everybody is meant to start a project or run a project. Um, so if that's not your wheelhouse and you've never done that and you're not a, you're not good at delegating to people, like don't start your own project. Just get involved with somebody else's that aligns with your views, even if it takes time. Um, if you are trying to start a project, do something unique. Don't just do what everybody else is doing because it's popular at the time. We see numerous cases of projects that are still like getting attention over time that should have been earlier. You know, like Crypto Raggies is doing their thing. It's not a super main mainstream project, but they're, you know, they're they're successful with their game. They're putting it out there so people can do all that stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there where it's just it's very carbon copy. I mean, I've even seen projects coming out on Cardano where they're claiming they have a game, but it's literally just a bunch of Unity or Unreal Engine assets or a game template. And they're just reskinning some of the stuff. And it's just very, uh, you know, it's disheartening to watch that because it's just like, dude, there's no creativity in the space right now. So I, I would just say, like, leverage your creativity. And if you're if that's not your specialty, then find people that you can work with that can do that. And then, you know, try to align that same vision. Awesome. I think that um, coming from you, especially that you kind of have that experience of working on your own. I'm assuming when you did your YouTube channel, you were doing it all by yourself, right? Yeah, I would record and then edit within an hour that yeah. I would hear news for a stock or something and get it up ASAP so I could try to be the first out with a video that had quality content. Boys. When you're uh, making videos about topics and shit like that, 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 that deal with time sensitive stuff. But like, like I was saying, since you're somebody that always worked by yourself, like how was that transition into like kind of, because I feel like I've dealt with this issue a bit where I've been so used to working alone for so many years that when I, you know, started working with multiple people, I kind of like, I freaked out a little bit because a lot of stuff wasn't in, in my control anymore. Did you ever feel like that? Like, you know, having problems like letting stuff go and letting other people help you no not really uh, i mean i still have my hands in like pretty much everything in the project um you know we've got like trello set up i don't know if anybody knows like trello like the flow thing for organizations where you put out stuff like to do this is what we've done this is what we want to do upcoming i've got that with my game dev and i'll throw stuff in there i talked to him pretty regularly my main thing is like i'm not gonna go and waste my time trying to relearn something when i can find somebody close to me that already knows the stuff and i can just pay to do it and we work out the stuff to do it like it's just a waste of time like like i said i believe in specialization i know my wheelhouse is communicating with people i know how to delegate i know what i'm good at and that i can learn like bits and pieces of stuff but it's better to specialize and give people i'm not going to go hire a 3d modeler to code my unity game that just doesn't make any sense it's a waste of time so uh rather than like half-ass it and you know try to do everything myself it's it just makes it more sense for me to get other people that are better in those scenarios and then put those people around me. Plus if you're, if you're the smartest in a room at a certain topic um, for a lot of stuff, there's probably an issue most of the time. So it, I, like I, 
if I don't know anything about game dev, I shouldn't be the smartest in the room about being a game dev. Like that's that's just inherently what should be the case. Yeah, definitely. And you always want to surround yourself with people that you can learn from, especially when you're starting something new and you're trying to get somewhere that you've never been. You can't rely on yourself because you haven't been there. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. For sure. But, uh, you know, we talked about the project. We talked about your come up and the things that you had to go to get where you are now. But I'm super interested in hearing kind of like your thoughts or your opinions on like the current state of what's going on in in the Cardano ecosystem and with, you know, Cardano NFTs as well. Um, Like, how do you how do you feel about this new kind of surge of people coming over from other chains and and kind of giving Cardano, uh, you know, their first try? Uh, I mean, it's interesting. What I've noticed, I think it's more just people that have been here a while that are dumping all the money. They just held on their liquidity. They realize people are coming over there. So they're doubling down on their bags to, uh, you know, make sure they retain more ownership. So more people come in that they're buying their assets for profit. Um, that's what I've noticed. If you look at a lot of top projects, um, usually the wallet accounts will go up, but there's been certain that the wallet accounts have gone down. Uh, which is usually indicative of people that are already existing in there, kind of consolidating and adding more assets to their similar wallets. Um, so that's why I think people should pay attention to like wallet holder stats more. Um, I don't know. I, I think once more people come from outside the ecosystem, because they're already used to the PFP scene, we've already seen, uh, I've talked in Ethereum spaces, Polygon and stuff like that. The sentiment is people want utility. They want a lot of different cool stuff. If it's not straight art, they want utility. And if you're not putting out utility within like four to six months, then they're usually dumping your stuff. Um, and you're going to see a big rush for projects trying to put in utility that are not set up for it. And they're eventually going to fail doing that because it, it doesn't make sense to pivot your project like that if it wasn't meant to be that way. Um, you know, for us, we're, we're going out and getting people from other ecosystems. A lot of the people are just sitting here and trying to like rake in off of hoping some of the new people come in or getting their stuff. Whereas I'm going to go out and give people that utility that they want on other chains and just be like, hey, man, you don't even have to buy our assets. You can come over here and use your stuff right now. And then, you know, long term, if you want to support us, we'll have a drop on your chain. Or you can come to Cardano and buy some stuff and have both your wallets either way. Um, and we've already had success bringing people from Ethereum over for us. We went from beginning of the year, uh, I think OpenCNFT had us recently at over 4,200 wallet holders across all our collections. And in January, we had like 700. So if that tells you anything, in like 10 months, we've gone up from 700 to 4,200, which is a huge amount. Um, and I don't know a lot of ch- projects on Cardano right now that have over 10,000 assets and have you know, even, you know, a couple thousand wallet holders, let alone over 4,000. So. Yeah, man. great point, especially about um, the projects that have this utility in the world and they take a long time. But, but, you know, I, it's just like, it's depending. I feel like it's depending on the project as well, because you have projects like Cornucopias, you got projects like uh, or Yummy that have been developing for a while. And it kind of seems like their community is still staying behind there. I just feel like it has to do more with, I guess, communicating with the people that, you know, invested with you because I feel like the issues kind of come when you're leaving people in the dark and they, you know, you leave, you leave it up to interpretation and people come up with their own conclusions. I feel like that's where it gets kind of dangerous. 
but as long as you're updating everybody and, and, and keeping them, you know, in the loop, I feel like some, you know, if you, if you take care of the people that are, you know, to help and take care of you, I don't think that they'll dump that easily. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, our scene's weird too. People are obsessed with floor prices. And if you give constant update, like, I, I don't care. I, like, it's like, I've had people ask about our floor price. Cause like some of our collections are below the floor. Some of them are above floor. It's whatever. Um, but you know, we've had people ask about it. And I'm like, I give constant updates. I have given you continual development updates for the last 10 months versus you look around and like, it'll be people with like PFPs for certain projects. And I'm like, what is your project done in the last six months? It's not shade. It's just a fact. It's like you compare us to the project you're repping on your PFP right now. And you're questioning our floor yet. We have a product and they don't, even though they're claiming they're going to have utility. I mean, it is what it is. You can't, you can't affect your floor price. I'm not in the business to influence stuff. I'm not going to be tagged as a security. Whereas a lot of these projects promising you royalties and all these other fancy things are going to be tagged as a royalty or as a security, I guarantee you in the next like six to eight months, it's, it's a huge red flag. And anybody that's talked to a lawyer would tell you that. Um, and so, uh, like, like I said, I just tell people if they have any questions, I'm like, look around, look what we've done. We've done continual updates. A lot of people don't like to reward continual updates for projects. This is a fact. They like when projects are suspicious and don't announce shit for months and it's stupid. Like you are literally rewarding projects, putting you in the dark, and you're shading projects that are literally doing more than, you know, the majority of the top 100, 200 projects on any given chain in volume. Um, and th that's why you have a lot of projects that are slipped on because a lot of those projects are not getting the support that they should get. No, definitely, I definitely agree. And I, I'm, I'm part of the playerment team. I don't know if you've heard of playerment. Yeah. Uh, you know, before I even started uh, working with them, our, our, our one of our uh, main guys, uh, Aiden. I don't know if you have you talked to Aiden. You know Aiden? Uh, probably at some point, yeah. I yeah, mean, I, we follow each other, so. Okay, yeah, but he he literally has been doing daily updates for the past year. Like I'm talking about, like this man has been dedicated doing video updates, uh, like everything. You can go to the Discord, you see, has been. Like you can go back and, and comb through everything and see what we everybody's done for the past twelve months. And when I talk to the people like outside of the Discord and stuff, they're like, Yeah, I muted the Discord because it was just too many announcements. It was too much information. And I've always found that like kind of confusing because I'm just like, Man, if you have a project that you're invested in and you have some giving you, you know, every single update every step of the way, I just don't understand how you you don't value that. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people just don't like to be involved in this stuff and they just want to see something that's going to make the floor artificially go up. I mean, like I said, it goes back to, like I said, anybody can go on OpenCNFT at any time. Look at your 30 day all time. Doesn't matter. Top 100 projects in volume. And then give me more than 10 that have a working product or have hit all of their roadmap that they've done in the last year. I can tell you us and maybe like three others that have hit even a fraction of their roadmap or all of it in the last year that's that's pretty sad and me and those three projects are not even in the top three four hundred for volume so it just tells you where people's priorities lie and i like i said it's not it's not a slight in anybody it's just the immaturity of our scene where people literally only want to gamble because they're treating it as a slot machine if you believe in the future of nfts and what they are you're going to look more towards gaming assets and things that are actually going to have a use case 
and then like general art, like you're generally buying for the art. If you've got 50 of a PFP project, what is that going to serve you outside of just you're just trying to sell for a profit? Like you're never going to use all 50 of those PFPs. And I've challenged people in the space to do that. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go change my PFP right now. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let me know where you're at in six months with that. Yeah, man. Super, you know, it's just, I mean, what, what can you do, right? People are people, man. You can't really do much. You just got to hope that people evolve eventually. Yeah. Uh, I know get to a meeting we're here we're closing in on the hour mark it was super super exciting to have you on the podcast it was super awesome learning about all the stuff that you have going on and the virtual aquarium I, you know i have to admit i've seen you guys around i know a deep look into it but what you guys are building i could definitely see uh being something that's super popular especially with the you know with the rising climate issues it's going to become way harder to be able to enjoy having pets and stuff like that. And I feel like you guys are preparing yourselves uh, to be there when the issue, you know, occurs, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, you know, there's a, an argument for um, education and safety for kids too. You know, if you're a parent and you don't want your kid to have to deal with like the trauma, you know, maybe you've got like a five-year-old, six-year-old kid. You don't want to have them deal with the trauma of like their pet dying. You don't want to deal with the cost of maintaining an aquarium and the time that goes into that and everything. Now you've got an option that you can kind of like, you know, let me buy a few fish for my kid and they can like hop on like 20, 30 minutes a day, check out their stuff, see their fish swimming around, that kind of thing. And then we want to have educational components. Like at some point I want to have like prehistoric collections. You've got like fish that existed, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago. Um, and then they are, you know, in there you can get like factual data about them, what they ate, you know, how their ecosystem was. And then we'll have biomes that reflect like where they swam. Um, like we do a lot of cool stuff like that too. So, um, there, there's more of a component outside of it, but like we definitely brand ourselves as almost like an entertainment kind of brand because that's what it is inherently. You're buying these because you want to enjoy designing with them and you want to enjoy the interactivity, even if we don't have all the features now that you'll have at some point. Um, and that's going to be your continued value, whether the price goes up or not is going to be, you know, the fact that you bought in because you really enjoy how the creatures look and how your other NFTs look at it. And it gives you that added utility. Yeah. Thank, thank you again uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, everybody that entered the giveaway, um, everybody that's in the space right now, you guys get an NFT. Because we only had uh, a handful of people into the giveaway, you guys get the handful of NFTs, which is awesome. Thank you guys for coming out and supporting. Um, but yeah, man, I just want to say thank you again. And, and I'm going to give you the floor if you want to make any last shout outs, any last announcements that you want to make sure everybody at home, you know, remembers. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to support us, go mint our newest collection. Um, it's the Pinatus drop here. I'll pin a thing up top for everybody. Um, that's in the space. Uh, when you mint one, uh, you'll get one Pinatus fish and one decor item randomly. Like I said, there's over 30 different fish and there's over 40 different decorations. Um, and the NFTs were given out today. There's two of the Pinatus fish and two of the decor items. If you happen to pull a gold from those sets, I think there's only like five of the fish that are gold. They'll glow in the aquarium. Super nice. But if you get one of the gold decoration items, you get all of the color variations of the decoration. So let's say you get like a gold 
uh, like skeleton or a gold uh, pyramid. You get like all the plastic colors, the wooden colors, anything else that would co- coincide with this. So it's kind of like a, a multiple in one decoration. Um, and if you do get decorations from us, you can use them multiple times. So if you've got like a starfish, uh, for example, from our older set, you can use that like a hundred times in your own aquarium. Um, it doesn't matter. You can even use it in multiple aquariums. So we made it super open access to everybody, made it super affordable. Most of our NFTs are somewhere between like 20 and 50 bucks, unless it's like super rare stuff people are selling on secondary. So it's an easy entry point for anybody to get started. And you can always hop in and connect your own wallet and try designing with your other NFTs without even buying any of our stuff. You can just try out the demo and see how you like it. So, um, yeah. And if you ever have any issues, you can always just DM us or hit us up on discord. We help everybody out. So. Awesome. Uh, hit up that demo for sure. I'm super interested in checking it out. Yeah, man. Like I said, just shoot me a message. Show me what you come up with. We always post a community designs too. We got a leaderboard. So if you design some cool stuff, you can uh, have Faust, you make a couple alt accounts, pump your bag with some votes, so you pop up on the leaderboard on there. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for coming out here, Tyler. I appreciate you, bro. You know, I'm definitely looking forward to everything that you got going on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you to the listeners for showing up and supporting us as well. And if you were to listen to the whole thing, we're going to be uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, etc., um, thank you guys for coming out and we'll see you guys next Saturday. Have a good one. Y'all.